Hi, I'm Evan Mark Katz, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, and your personal trainer for love. Welcome to the Love You Podcast, where you'll learn how to operate from a place of confidence and make better choices with men. When we're done, I'll let you know how you could apply to Love You to create a passionate relationship that makes you feel safe, heard, and understood. Excited for today's episode called Is It a Problem? or the fear of a problem. Uh, this is something I talk a lot about in my Love You coaching calls. Uh, before we get into today's episode, please, if you haven't already, go to Apple or Spotify and give us a positive review. Give us five stars if you're not gonna take the time to write. Really makes a difference. We got a whole bunch of positive reviews in the past few weeks, and I'm very grateful for that. Thank you. Um, in addition, this is uh, important housekeeping at the top. Uh, I'm doing a free live stream presentation this Thursday, January 11th. It's called The Three Things You Can Do Now to Attract High-Value Men. If you discover that it's hard to find high-value men on online dating sites and you're dealing with the dregs of humanity, uh, you do want to be there. Go to evanmarkcats.com forward slash live stream. Put in your name, email address, and phone number to get reminded uh, when this goes live, and you will not regret it. It's a really meaningful and powerful presentation I've prepared for you. So uh, evanmarkkatz.com forward slash live stream. And now uh, let's let's talk turkey. My name is Evan Mark Katz. Uh, I'm a dating coach, and I work with high-achieving women who have everything but the guy. The people who turn to me are generally, by their very nature, bright, uh, successful, analytical. And when you're bright, successful, and analytical, you tend to think a few steps ahead. But there's a point where thinking a few steps ahead could be positively paralyzing. And that's sort of what I want to talk about today uh, through the lens of three different anecdotes that have come up recently in coaching. If the light is changing, um, uh, which is what I'm noticing on my screen, I apologize. That's what happens when it was raining this morning and it's sunny now. So three anecdotes from Love You clients. One of them is that client is telling me about her previous experience and goes out to dinner with him. First couple dates. Now, again, this is this is echoes of her past. She'd gone on a date. Guy drinks liberally on that date right? Maybe has two or three drinks at dinner. She barely has one. Her first thought is, oh, this guy's an alcoholic. It's not that he's comfortable. It's not that he can handle his drink. It's not that he did anything egregiously wrong. It was the fact that this guy had two or three drinks is prima facie evidence that he is indeed an alcoholic and I'm not going to date an alcoholic. So I should probably just end this thing right now. Exhibit A, that is not what we're trying to do here. Similar issue, we have a client who has a history with a father who left when she was young, choosing emotionally unavailable guys who ghost and abandon. And then if you're that person, then the slightest provocation makes you think it's going to happen again. And you can't tell the difference between a secure guy and an avoidant guy. So imagine, and I'll just use myself for example, because it's easy. Uh, I'm a secure guy. I know how to have intimate relationships. I make an effort. I treat people well. I'm honest. 
it's not about bragging, it's just about making a point. And imagine I'm working as I do during the day and I have a big old desktop right in front of me, 27 inch iMac, which they don't even make anymore. And if you were to text me during the day, I would have absolutely no idea. None. Don't look at my phone. Maybe check it out over lunchtime, but that's it. I am locked in during the day until I'm done with work. And so if you read my silence as, uh-oh, this guy who seemed really great is now leaving me, ghosting me, abandoning me, when that couldn't be further from the case, you're creating a problem where there is none. And sometimes the self-protective mechanism is, as always, to pull away, to avoid pain, to avoid risk, to avoid being hurt. And in this case, like the previous case with the guy who had two drinks at dinner, you would be pulling away based on a tiny data point that you blew up to a much larger story that may or may not be true. And it's important that I point that out. Just because a guy has two drinks at dinner doesn't mean he's an alcoholic. It doesn't mean he's not an alcoholic. Certainly, plenty of guys, most of the men you meet are not going to be your future husband. So it's possible that his silence means that he's changed his mind about you. But usually if a guy likes you, a couple hours of silence or even a day of silence where he gets busy is not necessarily the end of the world. And we need to stop acting like it. Next anecdote, slightly different, but seems similar. A woman who's been cheated on multiple times is going to be pretty concerned about it happening happening again. Now, the reason she has been cheated on, it's because she's chosen men who are generally low character, charismatic men, intense chemistry, and been blinded by that chemistry. Um, which is not to blame her for his cheating behaviors, but my wife was cheated on by pretty much everybody before me, and that has everything to do with her taste in men. Someone on Facebook this week got in my head about, you know, one out of three guys cheat. I don't believe that. You could find evidence of that. You could find evidence of anything on the internet if you look hard enough for it, but I think it's important to understand each man is innocent until he's done something wrong. Sometimes my clients will, uh, out of defensiveness, out of fear, interrogate men that they first started dating about their proclivities. Some light cocktail party conversation like, so have you ever cheated on anybody before? Now, technically you could ask that question, right? You're allowed to, and who knows, maybe he'll be honest and tell you, yes, he has, but he has no incentive to do that interrogating a guy about being the victim of cheating. I don't know if it's ever saved a relationship because everybody knows how to ace that interview. Someone who's a historical cheater is probably going to be a pretty consistent liar as well. And so leading once again with fear, that was the point of this anecdote. Leading with fear is rarely an effective way to go about dating. You wouldn't want a guy to interrogate you. You wouldn't want a guy to look askance at you. If you didn't text him back for a few hours, you wouldn't want a guy to freak out if you had an extra drink at dinner. Like the same thing going in the opposite direction. It seems so very obvious that these are functions of fear that have everything to do with someone else's past. And so that's why we talk about, is this an actual problem? This is the thing I ask my, my clients and love you. The thing you're sharing with me as your coach in this moment, is it a problem because it's causing friction between you? 
Or are you afraid that it might be a problem one day if all the dominoes fall, right? And we can do this with anything, right? You know, guy turns his head to look at a woman in a mall. Oh, clearly, he's got a wandering eye. He's unfaithful. Right? Guy accepts woman's offer to split the check. Clearly, he's a cheap bastard, and I'm going to spend my whole life resenting him. Look, we can dive into any minute behavior and extrapolate it to its worst possible conclusion. But understand, this is all fear-driven. It's based on what could happen more than what is happening. So we want to assume people are innocent until they've proven guilty. Not that this is definitely a problem, but it might be something you keep your eyes open to, keep an eye on. There's nothing to react to, interrogate about, overreact to. There's no reason to dump someone at this first hint of what might be trouble, because there's very often, as I'm sharing, a logical explanation for why a guy might let you split, split the check or why he might not text you back in the time that you wanted to, right? There might be a very, very logical explanation. Now, one can try to protect oneself from all risk and literally never go out with a guy who doesn't text you back immediately, who has an extra drink, who has a good relationship with his ex. We can do that, but what does that leave our dating pool with? Nothing. And that is perfect for someone who is anxious. If you could eliminate every single guy based on some fear-based reason, no one could ever come into your heart. You'll never have to invest in anybody. No one will ever love you. You won't be hurt, but no one will ever love you either. Why? Because you are so on point of assessing risks that you assess risks from his profile. You assess risks from his texts. You assess risks on the first date that may or may not even be risks. So to me, it becomes a false positive, right? A sense of, I guess, being trigger happy, just finding all the reasons to dump guys. And there are reasons to dump guys. God knows, as a dating coach, my thing is telling women, you're the CEO and he's the intern and dump him, dump and dump. But you want to dump a guy for the right reasons, because of how he treats you, because of how you feel. And sometimes these feelings can be false positive. And so there's this, there's whatever you grew up with as a child, there's whatever you experienced in previous relationships, which often carries out and normalizes that effect, it has to do with partially your taste in men, the recency effect, right? If you got ghosted recently, you're going to be careful about watching for that behavior again, that kind of thing. And it could turn us into people whose whole lives are spent trying to detect problems rather than people who are coming from a place of warmth and trust and authenticity and vulnerability and all these buzzwords that you hear that probably make you want to shoot yourself that are actually really good markers for how it feels to be in a relationship. So consider how do you feel with your best girlfriend? If your best girlfriend had an extra drink, would you be like, honey, are you okay? Probably not. You'd probably laugh. If your ex-girlfriend, if your best girlfriend took a couple hours to respond to your text, you wouldn't make a big deal about it. If your best girlfriend um, sent you some guy's, sexy guy's photo that she found on Instagram, you wouldn't think, oh my God, she's clearly a pervert who's going to uh, be a terrible partner for someone one day. We become very, very forgiving with our friends, very, very careful with guys. 
So it's always about finding balance. I'm not asking you to sweep red flags under the rug. I'm saying these flags aren't even necessarily red because this is the behavior of pretty normal human beings. So yeah, keep an eye out. Yeah, pay attention to the overall feeling, but don't overreact to things that aren't even problems yet out of fear that it might be a problem one day down the road when you're two years, five years into a relationship. The problem for most of my clients, uh, and again, this is not an attack as much as an observation, is high achieving, bright women, big hearts, everything going for them, and you have trouble trusting your own judgment. If you trusted your judgment, most of these problems go away. And so if you're having trouble trusting your judgment, please reach out to me. It's my job to be your judgment until you feel comfortable that you can do this on your own without overreacting and shooting an innocent person. Um, because there are, as much as it seems otherwise, decent guys out there who almost anything they do can be seen as a problem. And we need to be able to see them as they are, not through this lens of how is this man going to hurt me? We're not losing sight of that, but we can't make that the primary lens through which we view dating relationships and men. My name is Evan Mark Katz. Please, if you enjoyed today's podcast, uh, subscribe on YouTube. Click the button, um, ring the bell to get notified when new content comes out. Subscribe on Apple so this could be in your feed. Give us a positive review on Apple or Spotify. Um, and don't forget, I'm doing a free live stream presentation a few days from now, Thursday, January 11th. It is called The Three Things You Can Do Now to Attract High Value Men. That is the hardest thing to find. It's what I'm going to help you with on Thursday. All you have to do is go to evanmarkcats.com forward slash live stream. Put in your name, email address, and phone number. And uh, I will see you live on Thursday night with some uh really interesting stuff. You're going to want to take notes um, about how to attract the top 10% of men and lop off the 90% of men who annoy you. Um, thank you for your time. I love you. I appreciate you. And I thank you for being a part of the love.